And welcome to the What's the PH Deal podcast. This is the podcast where we attempt to demystify the scientific PhD process. This is for folks undergoing the rigors of pursuing a PhD, people thinking about getting a PhD, or even folks just curious what it's all about. Uh, what's the PhD deal, so to speak? The, I think that's what the kids on the street say. You can check out the website associated with us at realphdeal.com. Uh, it's in the show notes. Feel free to check it out. Uh, it's it's uh, Elias's love child. It's beautiful. I would totally recommend <laughs> checking it out. Uh, and feel free to send any comments, criticism, things you loved about our pod, or especially any questions over to our email, which is at uh, phdealmail at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can find this show notes. Uh, send whatever you want our way, whatever you like, whatever you dislike. And just a quick disclaimer, the following podcast reflects only our views and is no way meant to represent any of the views of our respective institutions. May, maybe not even our views. Maybe not even our, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe. Some, some kind of view. Yeah, yeah some it's, views. It's, it's a view. Like, <laughs> just in case we launch a lawsuit against ourselves, we want to protect ourselves. Good call, Elias. Like, wait sure. A minute. Wait a minute. There for you. <laughs> we'll also promise to do our best to give you helpful advice based on our knowledge and experience, but, you know, we don't, we don't know what we're talking about all the time, so we may not agree with each other. We may not uh, agree with even ourselves, just to keep going on that theme. So uh, <laughs> take everything we say with a kilogram of salt. That is SI units, and it's a kilogram measured with a platinum uridium ball located in the middle of nowhere that that, that sets that weight. <laughs> that yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm dropping. That's that was right. a weird tangent, but yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> It's NIST, right? Like the NIST that does that. Yes. And of course, you know, since we're getting into this geeky talk, we are also all science or engineering based PhDs. So our show will obviously concentrate mostly on that type of PhD. So with that all said, we'll get on to the episode. Uh, I am uh, the host for today, Luis, and I'd like to introduce you to the other host or our illustrious panel, as I like to call them. Uh, we've got the, the lead host of the award-winning podcast series based on mental health. Uh, I think about a Peabody and or that sounded weird. Various other awards that are you know probably uh, available. Uh, and she at Liz, who's also a battery material wizard as well uh, in uh, nuclear nuclear materials. Sorry, not whoops, I'm jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, step back. <laughs> Batteries. <laughs> no, I meant nuclear materials, of course. Uh, Liz, oh. hey, how you doing? I'm <laughs> pretty good. Sorry for the bad intro. Uh, <laughs> the battery materials wizard I speak of, of course. I'm jumping the gun. And uh, the dude that does all the work to upload our episodes and a lot of back behind the scenes stuff. Rajan, what's up? Or what? Yo. And the scourge of Missouri. The 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 <laughs> show me, show me host of, of what's the PH deal. Uh, Elias, what's up, brother? I'm doing well. Yes, thanks. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the qualifier exam or quals it's a word that i don't know about you guys it still strikes fear into my heart it, it was a big scary proposition going into a phd program so first off we're going to start uh, what is the qualifier exam and like most things in in a phd uh, program or in a phd life it's it will vary by school to school by program to program it'll it'll vary quite a bit so I'm sure we'll all have uh, interesting takes on what our particular qualifiers were like or quals, you know, 
again, we, we try to keep stuff legit and use the, the vernacular that the kids in the street use. So, so it's the quals. <laughs> but basically what quals are, it's an early test to make sure uh, the students that they let into their PhD program know their stuff. So some people call it academic hazing. Uh, some people call it uh that's an accurate term yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) i i uh i i don't disagree so i yeah i would say it's it just they put you to the ringer right away and you kind of have to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about or know what you're doing after they lull you into this false sense of security and telling you that oh we want you in our program we want you to be this great scientist. I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I totally buy into that. It's like, by the way, you're going to have to prove your mettle now that you're here. And now that you're already, that you have no other choice and you have to stick with us, we're going to like put you through a ringer and, and make you prove that you belong here. It's like, wait, but you, 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 you accepted me. You liked me. I thought it's like, no, no. After, after the quals, then we'll know for sure. For me personally, uh, at Cornell uh, in material science, like I said, it, it'll vary between um, department to department. I, I had a few physicists that were in our in our research group, and they had a completely different experience. But for material science, what essentially it is uh, for our our department was 20-minute oral exams for various subjects because it's material science. It involves physics. It involves chemistry. It involves mechanics, uh, mathematics, a few other. Uh, I, forget, I forget all the topics now, but it's basically all these topics that had to do with material science, and they, it's terrifying. It's too... <laughs> Experts, yeah, two professors that are experts in that particular field. Like, if it's chemistry, it's like two like really good chemists that you know you stand in front of them in front of a dry erase board, uh, and they just throw stuff at you. And from first principles, you have to kind of oh really yeah wow. yeah yeah it was no joke like it's terrifying and uh, yeah just that's how I was also at RPI so oh nice oh, yeah. nice yeah but it's you sit there with your little marker or your your piece of chalk and we have 20 minutes right so you really can't you don't have a lot of time to kind of uh mess up and and i think actually i think an oral exam is is really can tell you pretty quickly whether somebody knows what they're talking about but that's i guess why it's so scary (laughs) as well because you're like i don't want to look stupid in front of these uh, professors but i i will say that even even though that sounds scary uh i i will give a a big shout out to uh Professor George Maliaris, who's now in France. Let's go, Professor George. What's up? Yeah. Yes. Yes. One, of, one of the, the heroes of Cornell material science. Probably a lot of the PhD students there don't know this, but he was still there when I was there. And he he changed the whole uh, qualifier exam. It actually used to be even more harrowing. And there was like, I think like a dozen or, or more, maybe like several different topics. And they were like part written, part oral, part... Th- and it was just like, it was total academic hazing. It was just... I think there was paddling involved. I'm maybe. I, <laughs> I mean, it was like it just sounded horrific. And then he was department chair. He was like, "This is crazy. Why are we torturing our students? Like, they, you know, they they have enough stress. Like, if they know what they're talking about, great. If they don't, we can help them." And he kind of revamped the test into this format. And a lot of the old Cromartini professors didn't like it, but like because he was the chair, he got a lot of other people that like are not typically in the department to okay on whatever he signed, and he just like just shoved it through and and he changed it for everybody which was nice so so lou do you remember any kind of questions that oh, big time. for big some time. of those tests i mean just to get an idea of uh, just a rough idea of those kinds of questions that you'd be asked in front of those professors yeah so i i remember the mechanics question was always really kind of interesting there was this mechanics professor there called uh chef uh chef baker and he he would always come up with a really 
interesting problem. Like I think one year it was a, uh, I think a dryer hung by rope on a on a tree branch, and you, he asked a bunch of questions about it. Like you know, if I do to this, if I do this to it, what's happening atomically? What's happening? Uh, it was actually very clever because it was like a lot of real world examples that. Yeah. But this this was probably the most terrifying to most of the kids in the program because most of them came from non-mechanics. I was a mechanical engineer, so I was okay with this subject area. But a lot of them came from either chemistry or even physics was like kind of scary to have like a mechanics test because it's all stress strain curves and lots of other engineering Mm. type stuff that people didn't encounter typically. So he had a, for our gear, it was a train going down a track, hitting a mechanical stop. And then he asked a bunch of questions about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And actually, I think I got a little like, I didn't like, this is like totally a stupid move on my part. Like I have 20 minutes to like, you know, show that I know what I'm talking about. And I felt like mechanics was maybe my strongest part. And I went in to talk and, and, uh, and I think he was, I was, no, he was finishing a sandwich. And then I, I was like, oh, I can grab my sandwich too. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Cause like, you know, in our, it's 20 minute test and you're just flying down the hall visiting and they, you know, classroom to classroom, just getting tested. And there was around lunchtime and he goes, if you want to just eat and make it a 15 minute test, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that. And then I spent like five or 10 minutes arguing about the, the question. I didn't like the way he was asking something, which was mm-hmm. really a stupid move. Like on my part, I was like, I don't like the way this is being asked. And well, and, and we got into these, uh, into the details way too much. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I have five minutes left. And I haven't even gotten through this question because I'm an idiot. And I'm like, kind of like, don't because some semantics thing that's bothering me. And then, and then all of a sudden, like I have five minutes to kind of like quickly explain stuff and make him think I know what I'm talking about. And I left his room. I was like, I can't believe I, I'm a mechanical engineer. I just failed the mechanics portion of my exam because I'm an idiot. Like, and I should have just shut up and listened to him and just done the test. You know, yeah. I managed to pass because I, 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 he must have thought uh, I was probably a annoying, but B seemed to know what I was talking about. So he kind sure. of just. So I skated by and that was good. But that's one that I always remember. It's like, okay, like just don't concentrate on semantics and silly things. But at least you got an early lunch as well. That's true. That's true. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's how it was for me. Well, uh, anybody else want to jump in? So would you say that there was a lot of stress and strain in that test? Whoa, oh, Elias. Whoa, oh that's my God. so bad. Why did I even <laughs> say that? <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah that, that's oof, this, that's this, this has to go in post this goes up this goes away yeah, in post i'd say that yeah. that joke that joke was a huge strain on the credulity of, <laughs> oh, of yeah. comedy oh what's up yeah i'm knocking yeah. dropping some big vocab <laughs> i remember i was asked to like draw it um drive like random walk here in my like um kinetics and I, we had like um, kinetics, thermo, mechanical yeah, yeah. properties, electronic properties, structure, things like wow. that. That's it was broken up. But everyone was in the same room. Like our, every professor who was assigned to the topic was oh, in the same okay. room. So really anybody could ask you a question, but they were like kind of assigned their topic area. But that was one of them. But that, that's not very hard if you like just, you know, have reviewed it. But it is nerve wracking to do like math in front of someone or like, you know, derive Maxwell's equations or something like this. Right, right. It's not very difficult if you're just sitting doing a test, but if then you're like exposed and people can ask you questions about it, because usually it starts very simple. 
like, and then they just start going, like, they just kind of start peeling back the layers. <laughs> and it's like, tell me about the bonding between two silicon atoms. What about four? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, I, that's how I kind of went for me. That, that sounds very familiar. Yeah. And, and your subject area <laughs> were exactly how my subject areas were as well. There was, those were the ones that, that we dealt with. And it was, I, I think for me, the thing I was most terrified of was chemistry because I came from a mechanical engineering background. I knew enough chemistry to like, I cared about combustion processes and how to balance equations. That's like, I knew like gen chem basically. And then I, you know, and then I went to a chemistry heavy material science program and I was terrified because I didn't know anything but but that's kind of you know you have for us they give you the test at the end of your first year and some some programs they do a little differently but like so you had a year to just you know just really uh bone up on all the stuff that you you don't know so it was that was really helpful because that that was the point the the quals were basically the point where i you know i got introduced to what what it was going to be like and i was told what we we're going to go through and that's when i told i went home and told my my wife, I was like, Erin, um, um, we're not going to be here long. Like, I'm going to fail out after the first year. So don't unpack too much because we're probably going <laughs> to be moving uh, after this because it just sounded terrifying. And I talked to some of the older grad students and they were saying things like, um, like, I mean, horrific stories. You hear like all these like terrible stories about people. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, like the myth and legend of like all kinds of, like, you know. It's like he now he 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 still travels around the 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 hallways. His ghost haunts the hallways of of academia, uh, <laughs> screaming and yelling from his qualifier exam or something. I feel that schools are going a little bit away, maybe from those types of models. Um, so so for example, so was there some component of your qualifier that was based on your own research or the research proposal? Or was it mostly testing your fundamental knowledge in physics and chemistry and engineering? For for me personally, it was just testing your fundamental knowledge. I don't know about And then you'd else. become a PhD candidate after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. no. This is How different. does that work? I mean, for us, it was not. So for us, it was not a qualifier per se. It's like so, not a verbal qualifier. For us, it was a written qualifiers. Okay. okay. Uh, uh, and uh, so you go through. Uh, so you had the qualifying since. You are doing your PhD. Uh, I mean, I was doing PhD in chemical engineering. So the three fundamental courses of thermodynamics, uh, uh, transfer phenomena, and uh, chemical uh, reactions. Uh, so those three, <laughs> you have to clear. Like you, you are asked a bunch of questions, uh, and you have like an hour or something to. And all of those questions are like super, as as what Louis, Louis was mentioning, super fundamental questions and, mm-hmm. and and not necessarily something similar to uh, going to a, like a PE or uh, mm-hmm. PE mm-hmm. exams or something mm-hmm. or uh, but it's it's more uh, it could be like as as high as like deriving some equations yeah, yeah so or, like or just figuring out okay whether this is the situation whether uh, uh, you can answer or we, you can figure out what what phenomena applies to the situation. So they, they, right. they, yeah, they give you a scenario and, yeah. and ask you to describe what, what equation or what, uh, what fundamental law is applied here or you could use to solve this issue or yeah. even begin to solve it. 
Yeah, so I think um, something that uh, I, what I hear Raj saying, and that wasn't kind of similar to my experience, was um, what I think is common across most qualifying exams, whether it's like written or oral, is like the professors or whoever's examining you wants you, they want you to demonstrate some sort of intuition about the fundamentals of whatever degree you're working towards. So like in my qualifier, you know, if I wrote down the questions, which was like common practice, everybody wrote down their questions so then they could be practice questions for everyone else. Um, So like, if you look at them when you're studying, you're like, Oh, this isn't so bad, but it's different when you're like, you know, you have to be able to Uh. stand in that room with like a confidence about if you're asked about bonding between two atoms so and true. versus four atoms, like this is like fundamental, uh, you know, year one or two of a undergrad degree in material science. But like, you need to be able to be like layers deep on those fundamental topics. That's true. Right. So it, it, it's, it, it's, it may seem like if you, if you just look at the question, it may yeah. seem like it's just an undergrad question. Right. But the thing is, I feel like what, I mean, my experience and what I feel like what she also had uh, experience is the same. Like, uh, it doesn't stop there. So yes. that's just a starting that's right. point. And they yes. develop, they, they build on that and to see how far you can yeah. you can expand this knowledge. Like, your, your knowledge is not just, you're not a book, bookworm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I that's exactly how it was for me. And I, I think what they told us officially was, you need to have uh, an undergraduate mastery of the subject and yes. and they want and they want you to basically like you said delve deep into details like um you know you have you start with something simple and then they want they break it down and it's a starting point and they're going to push you at least if i'm remembering correctly they're going to push you until you don't know stuff and they want to know right. where where that limit is right yeah right, right. Because they want to know, like, what types of holes do you have in your chemistry background? What types of holes? And so technically, I mean, you could look at it and it's supposed to be, I think, a way to kind of help the PhD students, right? Because if you have some blind spots, you want to find them and address them. Uh, But of course, no one wants to look like uh, they don't know what they're talking about. But that's that's how I can feel. And and then sometimes you get in. I know there's like, I mean, I could tell you a million stories about like all kinds of stuff I heard. But I remember there's one that struck me like a really smart, very capable uh, senior level grad student that was there told me this horrific story. I don't know why he told me this and totally terrified me about this professor who like was screaming at him, like uh, kept because he, he was doing the kinetics portion, I think. And then basically was like, uh, he, he didn't like the subscript he used for fusion. And so he kept saying no. And, and then the, he's like, what? He goes, N-O, N-O. And then he was like, uh, the student was didn't know what he meant. And he thought it was like a nitrogen, oxygen kind of like molecule he was talking about. So he's like, I don't know. What, he's like, nitrous oxide? Or are you talking about, I, I don't know. And he's like, he's like, N-O. And he just like, he just, and then that's the kind of stuff where you, like, it's a simple thing, right? You, you can derive a lot of the equations in kinetics, you, you know, and show how you derive them. But once that starts happening, you just, you kind of, you can kind of lose your, 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 your brain and your IQ will drop like 30 points. And all of a sudden you just don't know what they're asking for. And you kind of feel yeah. out of sorts. And then you can really bomb a section without even meaning to. Yeah. So I, to, to, to generalize that, like that it's the same thing that uh, a fighter 
loses the fight because not because he's not prepared or anything but because he he saw he he he, he is feared like he like the opponent smelled fear in them oh know, it's, it's, it's that mentality to yeah, me they it's are like, like sharks they will right. they so, smell blood yeah so <laughs> even though it. you know the answer but you you know for some reason you realize like oh i am dumb in this situation i look dumb and that's why you lose all your focus from rather than keep going towards it uh and and versus like oh i don't know now i'm in a hole yeah. how do i get out of this <laughs> right yeah how do you respond is also important elias what was your i i, I don't what was your qual like? Like oh yeah, it's uh, actually very different. I'm learning now that <laughs> all of this stuff. Well, f- so first of all, uh, this thing was always in a state of flux in the sense that uh, the class of 2017 would have a certain set of rules, and then I was joining in the time where there were ha- changes happening in the department. Oh, so true. the kind of uh, uh, requirements were changing all the time. But I think there's a trend in. Uh, in chemistry and physics departments to kind of uh, drop uh, these types of exams and then focus more on research-based oral and written examinations uh, where you, uh, that's more similar to say a thesis defense or a proposal defense. Um, It seems that there's also a trend towards having uh, also courses at the graduate level that, uh, that also show up on the basics uh, you know, like uh, uh, more general, say, thermodynamics uh, instead of super specialized topics That's right. that uh, that have a smaller pool of students that are interested in. And then, of course, that kind of solves that question that Lou was mentioning, which is, do you have an undergraduate plus type of basics? Uh, so, so you get that kind of uh, testing through those courses anyway. So, right. you know, a couple of classes before me, they used to do... Uh, they used to have some set of they call them cumes, cumulative exams, and right. uh, maybe maybe there were ten on offer uh, every year, and they had to pass say six of them. Sometimes the numbers in some departments are ridiculous, like pass uh, three out of six or eight out of fifteen, or I just you know just <laughs> depending <laughs> depending on how specialized those exams are. Uh, and then maybe uh, you can take one every month or so and, you know, you're allowed to fail, but you have to, by the end of, say, your sixth semester or seventh semester, you, you should have passed a certain number of uh, tests. But I guess, you know, people have been walking away from this kind of format because they want students to focus more and more on their research projects. And, uh, and then there are these courses now that offer that kind of basic knowledge and you're tested in those courses anyway. So at True. least... Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that it wasn't just uh, my department. I've been, you know, I asked around also in the last few months. I've been asking these questions uh, to folks in other departments, and and it seems more and more uh, towards a research type of exam rather than a fundamental knowledge type of exam. Uh, maybe maybe at least in chemistry, I guess. So uh, to 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 point that you are right. Like uh, so, by the time I. I went through all those things, and when I was about to graduate, uh, they my department also went through those changes. And the, the reasoning behind that was uh, many many students. Uh, it, it's 
coming back to the point uh, that Louis was talking about, because there are so many people uh, uh, coming from different backgrounds to get the mm. PhD in, just because, not because it's the degree, they are, they are seeking for that particular research right. uh, to work with that particular advisor, right? And, and so that they are not necessarily have the mechanical engineering or, or whatever. So if they are going for material science degree, they are not necessarily exactly. have that material science background. They are coming from like chemical engineering or chemistry or physics. So they don't have those fundamental courses. They never uh, they took it, but it's not their forte. So it's 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 not fair to judge sure, based sure. on that one filter for for this all this spectrum mm-hmm. of kids coming in, right? So that was the argument, and they, that's why they are like going through the the motion of like uh, either changing it or upgrading it. Yeah. Chemistry and physics degrees are more streamlined, I guess. But I, you know, I, I never thought I would ever say this. But to, de- to defend the qualis <laughs> process, yes. yeah, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this. But to defend the qualis process, I, it actually did help me quite a bit in uh, shoring up a lot of my weakness. Because I don't know, for me, it worked really well. Because I fear is a pretty good motivator for me, and I was just terrified that like I would fail the qualis, and so I really put in a huge effort to, and I had a understanding advisor which was great he was like look just get through quals the first i've got you here for like five years or so like so it the first year acclimate not only to the town the city make sure your wife's comfortable be okay prepare for your quals it's fine don't be too scared which always gets me even more terrified when people say that like (laughs) (laughs) just just take you know take take your quals and and then when you finish with that, then I've got you the summer and the rest of the year, year. So it's not not a big deal. And so that was that was kind of nice. And I have to say that it really, you know, I really concentrated heavily on on shoring up what I perceived to be my weaknesses, and it really did help me quite a bit, actually. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, for us, there there were two components of the exam. One of them was called the oral exam, and one of them was called the written exam. Although both of them had an oral and a written component, so I thought, <laughs> where, but but of course they meant that for the oral exam they emphasized the oral part and whatever that means, right? It's sure. not as if, yeah. So, but but the first uh, the oral exam basically you kind of have to come up with a research proposal that's uh, not directly in line with your dissertation. So something. I mean, it's not as if this is a completely different topic, uh, but it's uh, at least clearly distinct from your research dissertation proposal. So do the literature review, come up with an idea, aim one, aim two, whatever, write in a proposal format and defend it. And then the written exam would be the more classical candidacy exam where kind of the same thing, but uh, for your own dissertation material. Then you kind of advance to candidacy. And for me, uh, that did not involve... Uh, written qualifier exams or uh, the kind of stuff you were talking about? Yeah, I think for, for for us, it was, we had a qualifier and then that had nothing to do with your research. Like it, everybody took the same exact test and everyone to, just showed an undergraduate mastery of the subject it was supposed to be it. And then your A exam, which is before your thesis defense, was your research proposal gets gets um, uh, challenged and and, you know, looked over with a fine-tooth comb and then 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 it has to do way more with your research and you have to show a mastery of the subject area but it's more focused on what you're working on 
So I, I guess their thinking was, and I think this is what I was told by them as well, is they don't want to send any any PhD students that that have any kind of like glaring weaknesses out because it would reflect poorly on their department if they don't have like a good chemistry background or a good like whatever they consider to be important for material science, which I understand, but it's still freaking terrifying. Yeah, it makes sense. I think uh, the thinking in my department was they want to make sure you have the ability to uh, do a literature review and come up with ideas, not just, you know, your next paper or relevant to your research, but in a separate area, kind of to demonstrate those academic skills of writing and defending research ideas. So, I mean, so I don't know which is a better model. It seems that uh, both have their merits. And, uh, yeah. and so I don't know what the others think as well. Yeah, I was uh, just going to add to that. Um, I totally agree with what Lou was saying. I Woo-hoo! Yeah, suck it, Elias. Also, Elias, but I meant to go back to what Lou was saying about, you know, calls <laughs> are were bad, but I'm so glad I did them sort of thing, like, or I got through them. And I think probably in any program, though, regardless of, like, you know, the uh, requirements, it's sort of all kind of an exercise of doing something you've never done before, and it's going to be really hard, and you might fail, and if you do fail, you have to come back from that. And I think I don't know you know, what others' experiences are, but I failed. My, I have, so at RPI, it was two chances, right? And um, and you have like five or so topic areas, right? Yeah, so you have to pass all five. Whatever you knock out the first time, you don't have to repeat. And then okay. whatever you need to retake, you just retake. And then if you pass all five of them and, and, you know, however you get that done in your two tries, you just have to pass all five of them. If you don't, then you don't get a PhD. You have to get a master's. That's remarkably yeah. similar to us. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how we did it. Maybe yeah. it's like, you know, everyone in upstate New York decided to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they were <laughs> they were just sitting inside when it was very cold and they were all miserable anyways. So. <laughs> um, anyway. here's, here's how we torture the kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, so I went through the experience uh, failing pretty, pretty badly. Uh, sure, my first sure. try and having to come back from that. Um, so I don't know if anybody else had a similar experience or what, if we wanted to go into that sort of talk about like everybody's different experiences. But yeah. So I, I personally, I, I mentioned what my experience was, but like I also I had a couple of friends at uh, University of Nevada, Reno. Yeah. <laughs> to, to Great keep... state, by the way. <laughs> Great state. Yeah. And Elliot's favorite. I was waiting for it. So, and for them, there was an option. Like, if you had, uh, if you can get an A or, yeah, I think A um, for their advanced level courses, uh, you can just skip the qualifier altogether. Oh, wow. That sounds awesome. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. So, um, I've heard about this only in rumor when I was taking my program. That's it's a like, real thing. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's. So there wasn't like it's the, every university has like we were we have been discovering so far is like have their own set of rules to decide like how you move forward and whatever they think they, it's best. I'm learning but, there but, are no rules in the West. But <laughs> but the thing is, in addition to that, so if like you can skip that, but then you still have to go through 
like an oral exam, which is not, which is only presenting your research work mm-hmm. up to the two-year mark okay, yeah. uh, into your research PhD and uh, defending and answering the questions based on what you have done in the last mm-hmm. two years. And okay. it's, that can go to like the fundamental level. Okay, yeah. And uh, you have to put, Path, you have to clear that to continue the PhD mm-hmm. process. So, yeah, yeah a different way. Out. So it's it's all mixed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, uh, I, you know, I was so the way we did it, they, you're graded um, A through F, uh, how you did in oh. your particular areas of of concentration, and I think it was if you get a C or higher, it's a pass. It's considered a pass. Uh, but like if you have like a C or a C C plus. You pass, but like you should probably shore up that that area is I think what the thinking was. And I think mm. it's C minus. I'm just trying to remember here. I'm pretty sure C minus meant you failed, and I guess that meant you. Do you were really? Cl- Lou, is this in written? Like, sorry, is this in your courses? No, or this is this like is in the yeah in the qual. So you take the quals, and then you and then oh yeah, uh, and then you just go home and you just unwind. You just like completely fall apart for like a few days and then and then they send you a, a letter like to your address actually like so they sent a letter like on like really official looking you know letterhead with a big giant stamp and all kinds of stuff and it just like the results of your qualifier exam from the director of graduate studies comes in and it just gives you grades for all your your um, uh, all your subjects and you know you then you start calling up all your friends and be like oh did you, did you make it like how was this uh, did, and like I think I got completely straight B's like which was like I was like I guess I you know I had a couple of subjects that I was supposed to be good at so I was expecting A's but I didn't get it mostly because I was a jerk in one one regard and then probably just I don't know I must have botched something and then but like the but I was incredibly like chemistry was the one that was like I'm gonna fail this for sure and the fact that B is like my proudest B I've ever gotten in my life like I was like really excited that because that was I took uh, oh uh, Professor Estroff's uh, chemistry of materials course Ooh, was like she's great like and she's she her course was perfect for teaching uh, you just the chemistry needed for material science enough to 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 do what's necessary for the subject and she was giving part of the test but there was a senior level uh, professor who kind of really uh, ran it and she, but you know but. You can tell she oh, – well, first of all, I took her class, and I don't believe I did very – it was her senior-level undergrad class. So it was, like, kind of embarrassing, like, being in this class with a bunch of uh, seniors and juniors and, like, you know, get my butt kicked every day, like, in chemistry and just be – and then having, like, undergrads be like, aren't you a grad student? I thought you were supposed to be smart. But I, I am smart in, like, what I know, but this is in, not – In like, a different way. Yeah, I'm yeah. Special. Like, I, this I'm is special not, in my own ways. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I was like, oh, look, I'm trying. Like, this is, like, not my field, right? So so I'm, like, trying to learn. And then, of course, every test I'm getting my butt kicked. I'm, like, barely passing her class. But I'm learning so much. Like, as I fail, I'm kind of – like, whatever I got wrong, I never forget. And I, and then it – That's I, great. I just, I, but I felt really kind of embarrassed. Like I'm like, Estraff thinks I'm a dummy because I'm like doing terrible in her class. But like I passed her class, just you know, which is like a B again, a B in uh, grad school is passing. But then for us anyway, and then I passed her class, which was great. I think I think maybe even got a B minus. I barely got through it. And then when I took the quals, like I remember feeling super confident and I knew what I was talking about. And I remember. Her being like this look on her face was pure like joy and very and almost pride, being like like really excited for me that I was like 
nailing the questions. And and she at some point she said, and this guy was a mechanical engineer. Look, he's like totally spouting. Oh, wow. I was very yes. yeah. That was like one of my proudest. Like if I failed every other subject, I would have been totally fine. Like with yes. my my B in chemistry. But that was that was yeah that was cool. But the rest it was kind of weird. Like I just got straight B's and I I I and then you know then it feeds your for me it fed my imposter syndrome even more because I'm like I don't know how I convinced everybody that I knew I think I I must have accidentally burped out the right answer and now I'll I'll be found out next year like okay they did mm. <laughs> I made it through this gauntlet but it's just a matter of time before they realize how little I know but it's it's. But I, I knew a lot of brilliant people in my class uh, who who failed a subject area. They had to retake it, or they some some actually uh, senior level grad students. While I was there, I heard that they uh, that were brilliant when I was talking to them and finding out what they were doing. And then you find out that they completely failed their qualifier, and they had to even go back into the master's program and then get a master's degree and to get back into the PhD program, which was another way. So there, there was kind mm. of yeah. So there's a lot of failure. Like the failure rate was like a third or something. Uh, so yeah. it's not like yeah, ours was like fifty fifty. Yeah. So it's <laughs> not like and there's a lot of really smart people that fit. Like I remember just really surprised like people you bumped into. But I felt like I I barely failed. Like I barely passed Estroff's chemistry course. So for me it was like I luckily that kind of set me up to do okay in in that portion of the qualifier and of course now i'm doing a lot of chemistry it's kind of weird but like i've i've forgotten everything that i used to know about mechanics i have no like i, I couldn't i couldn't tell you anything about mechanics anymore but that's so that was my experience with with how the grading went i don't know uh how the rest of you guys felt or like what what your experiences were or I, or if you want to relive this post-traumatic stress uh <laughs> elias yeah so you know, in my master's degree back home in Lebanon, we we had what we thought. I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about uh, this my university. It's a great institution, but uh, maybe now I do say something bad. Having said, I have, no, <laughs> I have nothing but good things there to say. There goes all our Lebanese uh, listeners are gone now. We've uh, lost Missouri. Now we've know. lost Lebanon. It's a great university. <laughs> Seriously, there's no sarcasm. It's fantastic institution. Um, so we had just way too many things. We had, this is a two year master's uh, thing. We had six courses, uh, teaching load every semester, uh, the research for a thesis and, uh, these cumulative exams. And I remember our thinking was at the time that, I mean, some of those questions were, way too hard for in those cumulative exams and so the way it was was if you were if you're a pcam student you have to do at least uh, two or four uh, pcam topic exams and if you're analytical then you know you do two out of four and then you get some freedom with the other ones but uh, but we thought i mean to your point lou we thought that it's part of it is just uh, maybe some old-fashioned way of motivating the students but I mean, we would be just demoralized after those exams That's because right. it was towards the end of the masters, and we're like, "Oh yeah, we're ready to take on the world." Yeah, actually, not really. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's like, oh, actually, I I totally was wrong about all that. Yeah, what, what yeah. was it like for you guys after the the quals? Like, that's something that I remember very 
very, uh, very well and, and very vividly. Like what, what, well, I'll tell you really quickly for, for me, like, I always likened it to this really cool story I heard like a while back, like about this religious cult, the, the Miller, Millerites, I believe they were like, um, they were basically this doomsday cult that believed that the world was going to end like this one day. And they just kind of set this day, this guy Miller, I forget his first name. He was like, this is when the, this is when the earth's going to end and, you know, salvation and blah, 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 lots of other stories about what's going to happen. And everyone's like, cool, got it. And then they all kind of went on board with this. And then they all, I think they went to all like to a mountaintop or something. And then they're all waiting for the end of the world. Right. And of course it comes and goes and there's no end of the world. And then they, it was called the great disappointment because no one, ha- <laughs> no one had, no one had, collect- which is, I know it's right. So, but the thing was that where I felt very similar to them is like, they hadn't planned anything at all beyond this day. Like to them, this was the old, this is the day their life is over. And that's kind of what Qualls felt like to me. It was like, I have mm. to plan for Qualls. Qualls is everything. Qualls is like, and then like all of a sudden it's over. And I remember for us, we, we, we had like really good senior grad students at, at our program that put together a barbecue for us. And so you leave the building completely like messed up. Like you, you can't even see straight. Your brain feels like it's empty and you feel like, awestruck you're just kind of like i don't know what just happened i don't know what's going on like i uh, uh diffusion is equal to you know you're just like you have all this stuff <laughs> going in your head and then you walk outside and they're like here have a burger and a hot dog you're like oh cool thanks and then somebody was walking around with like shots of whiskey i think they're like have a shot too i'm like sure i have Whoa. no brain cells i have no brain cells left it's fine and you're like you know and then they're like you feel okay everyone's like kind of like like they're as like uh, trying to get you back into reality. Like, Hey, is everything okay? And you really, you, and at the time, all I remember thinking was like, I don't have anything planned for right now. I don't know what I'm going to do right now because I don't have anything planned beyond taking the quals. It was so overwhelmingly <laughs> ever present and everything I had thought about. Oh, there's a void in your life. Yeah. Yes. And also I was like, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing now because I mean, I have a plan for the second right after the quals. It was like, and so it was just kind of like a little weak, like didn't know what I was, I couldn't think straight. And it was, but they were really nice. They like guided us through. And then one of the older grad students tapped me on the shoulder and kind of just said, by the way, you will never know as much material science as you know right now. Yeah. Sure. And I was like, what? He goes, after this, you'll focus on one little narrow aspect of it. And you'll be really good at that. And you'll forget all this other stuff that you know. And I'm like, wow, so that's true. Pro- probably true. Yeah. And then that was that was it. That was the end of my calls. I was just like, I'm going to go home and just sleep for like three days and just <laughs> try, to, <laughs> try to recover. Yeah. It just felt completely out of sorts. Like, I don't know. If they, what, do you guys remember what happened after your calls? Or? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I definitely had the same feeling like when I was uh, going through it. Uh, the great disappointment. The great disappointment. <laughs> yeah. uh, like all of nervousness and all those uh, un, uh, uh, insecurities, right? So, because you don't know uh, how uh, you're gonna play in this. Uh, this we gotta be feedback. No, we had we because for us it was <laughs> not a board oh, board, yeah, right? It's a written exam, so yeah. I like it. it you oh, you're waiting on <laughs> on your edge of the seat, or so to speak, uh, for. A weeks sometimes and um, it's a long time it's a long time and you don't know and you know like in the from the past experiences like there is no set pattern or anything yeah. you have no idea because you like many times the question itself is so uh, customized so the answer is like up to 
the the examiner, right? Like you don't know whether what mm. what's the real uh, the true answer that he's looking for. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he might not know. Yeah, that is why, that is, <laughs> and that's quite true as well. And um, if they're screaming "no" at you really loudly, you might get completely panicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and then, but the overall, like I feel like going through and preparing for it was really helpful for me. Uh, just to brush up those those fundamentals and 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 figuring out and like yeah. figuring out my my strengths and my weaknesses and also help me on just going through the entire thing so to keep my brush up my memories and yeah so it was very helpful for me at least. So the format for my exam clearly not as traumatic, <laughs> not as traumatic. It wasn't the greatest appointment. It was like the great, eh, whatever. Not so great, but yeah, nowhere near as traumatic as this kind of experience. Uh, but one thing for me that was very useful is that. Uh, so I said that you had to come up with this idea on a different research uh-huh. topic. I actually was quite invested in that and ended up changing my dissertation topic to to that you know oh, wow. through through that okay. exam i decided to drop my current uh, dissertation topic and just change to a different topic uh, and uh, so for me it was it was incredibly important i mean for the rest of my career as well and and i think in a sense it was a good decision i i, I enjoyed the research i was doing before a lot but kind of taking a step back, thinking of a different topic, uh, thinking of the literature out there, where the excitement is, what's the hot topic out there, and then aligning my own dissertation with that. I mean, it was a great experience. So so maybe not as much in terms, in terms of shoring up fundamental knowledge, but I mean, I'm very grateful for that exam because it would have been quite different otherwise, I think. So, so uh, yeah, it's, it was fun, I guess, whatever. It's done now. It's water under yeah, the bridge. Yeah. So I, anybody else uh, want to add for some uh, post-qual stuff? Sure. Sure. I can, um, I'll try to be brief, but it was, it, it was not a brief time in my life. <laughs> so my, my great disappointment, <laughs> the period, great disappointment was uh, a little bit. So, so uh, we got immediate feedback oh, wow. like after your exam. It's all one room. After your exam, you're standing outside, they decide, then you come back in the room and they say, you passed this, 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 you failed this, 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 or, you know, or you passed all of them or you failed all of them or whatever. So I um, failed a handful of mine, um, which I had to retake, but it was like a huge awakening for me. Like at the, in the moment I was like, oh my God. I might not be able to get a PhD. Right, right. Like my thought, and so that was like, you know, hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around um, because I had like left a, a very steady, good job mm. to pursue this, and I was, I, you know, there were some tears, and then, right. <laughs> and my advisor was like, okay, well, we're just gonna, you know, pick you up, dust you off, and <laughs> get at it. Sounds exactly and, right. Yeah. So, and like I think you know whether you're passing or failing that's kind of this was the first big exercise for me in like failing failing hard and like bouncing back from it in a way that I think 
I'll always be like a little bit proud of myself for doing because I, I don't really know. I don't know what was with me. I guess I was just like, I have to get a PhD. It's happening. And that's it. There's no other option. It's happening. And I'm going to sit here and study all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was very disappointing in the moment, right? Like, you know, failing. Of course. Like, Yay. But it was, I mean, it was a good opportunity for me to really like take this much more seriously and also like leverage all the resources around me, which included things like graduate students, people in my group, uh, like beyond people in my group and the other professors. So like ours was an oral exam, right? So I became very unshy about asking anyone to quiz me. Wow. And I think that's something if you're going through the quals, Mm. just, I mean, that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't, oh, they might not, oh, they're busy, like just ask. Like anybody in your department, they're there really to help you. That's right. And like to... Um, to educate you. So I was just going to every professor who would take 20 minutes yeah. to quiz me. So we are, we are going to go into qual strategies, and that's a perfect segue, Liz. Well, like, just perfect, perfect, <laughs> right on point. We're, we're pros here. We're pros. Okay. So we're going to go into qual strategies, uh, how to prepare for it. But just to, to break up a little bit of the post-traumatic stress that we're pro- probably feeling for remembering uh, the quals. We're going to introduce a new segment uh, today, and no, that's right. Whoa, that's whoa, right. We're yay. pros here. Uh, we're going to try. What's that's happening? Right. That, What's it, happening? You're branching out. We're, What's we're happening? Professional podcast territory awesome. here. Uh, you know. So that's right. we're, we're going. All three of you. <laughs> it, it, our, our dear two or three listeners, if uh, you can tell us if you like this uh, this this segment or, or segments in general, we can do more or less. Uh, uh, hi, mom. By the way, thanks. Thanks for learning how to download a podcast. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, t- today we're going to have a a, a, a new uh, segment uh, that's going to be basically to guess the fake paper. So that's that is that is the idea. So for this segment, I'll be describing four different papers that are all a bit outside the norm for scientific manuscripts. It's going to be a little weird. Maybe the subject area. Maybe maybe the results. Whatever. Uh, one of them I will have made up. Three of them are actually real. And uh, your job? Wow. Two no, truths. No, no, three. Three truths. We have one extra truth more so, right. because we're like so, so much of a better podcast oh. than the other yeah. stuff out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it forth to uh, my illustrious PhD panel here, uh, to, to, the, to the three of you, to decide to see which, yes. which, which, of you, which, of you, which of the four you think is the fake. Uh, and, and we can let the okay. audience play along. Uh, and, and then we'll get... Are we voting? We'll, you, you just tell me which one yeah, you just, think is the fake one. Yeah, so shout I, out. I'm going to give oh, you all dear. four papers. So, so first, of course, because we have a new segment, we have a new segment music. I'm very excited about this as well. Yeah, so, so okay, it's a little funky, a little funky, but here we go. So it is the Guess the Fake Paper. All right, let's go. Yeah. Guess the Fake Paper. That's right, Whoa. that's right. I like the jingle as well. We're killing it. So anyway, uh, paper number one. The title is called Thunderstruck, Plasma Polymer-Coated Porous Silicon Microparticles as a Controlled Drug Delivery System. All right. 
So this is... Is this like a tongue twister yeah, type see, of that's... thing? Plasma polymer, <laughs> pecker, thunderstruck polymer. It's from the ACS journal. Uh, tongue twister, say this five times fast. No, it's from the ACS journal. Applied <laughs> materials and interfaces. And it, it, was, it came out in 2016 by a bunch of Australian researchers. And this becomes uh, important for uh, a reason is that uh, the Australia angle is important as to what these guys did was use sound vibrations from the ACDC song Thunderstruck, which is, of course, an Australian band, uh-huh. to, to, to tumble <laughs> porous silicon particles while inside a plasma chamber to uniformly coat them with a Teflon-like polymer. And this was done to modify the drug delivery performance of these particles. All right? That's paper number one. Okay. Wait, ACDC is from Australia? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm already learning so much from yeah, this yeah, segment. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Australian, right? Like, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, paper Wait. number two. Cool. Uh, the title. The, the title is "The Physics of Minecraft and Its Effects on Its Ruminant Denzians." Uh, this paper is from the European Physical Journal C in 2015 by three professors in the same university: a physicist, a biologist, and one computer scientist. It's also the beginning of most jokes. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they, uh, they study sheep in the game of Minecraft, and by using various uh, mechanisms within the game, including sheep launching catapults, figure out that Minecraft's gravitational constant is about 0.9 of Earth's. Uh, they explore what effects this has to the sheep long term as far as health implications. Is that Love it. That's hundred percent. That's amazing. That's hundred percent true. All right. That's a real paper. We shall yeah. see. We shall see. I think Elias is on the fence. I think he. Yeah. No, I like this one. Yeah, I, I nominate this I for really... nominate this for the Ig Nobel Sounds Prize. Okay. All right. Thank but that's paper number two. Yeah. Paper number three is the Black Otan bees is what it's called, and uh, this paper is I'm probably mispronouncing that. It's a town, Black Otan. This paper is from Biology Letters in 2011 and was put together uh, by a scientist from the University of College London and various grade school children to study how bees can be trained to recognize color patterns. They discovered that bumblebees can use a combination of color and special relationships in deciding which color of the flower to forage from, and they uh, and that, quote, science is cool and fun because you get to do stuff that no one else has ever done before. All right, so that's paper number three, the Black Watan Bees. Paper number four. Yeah. I like this for real. Paper number four. Uh, the title is, it's, it, we're keeping with the bee theme, by the way. Paper number four is Effects of Cocaine on Honeybee Dance Behavior. Uh, <laughs> dance behavior. That's right. Yeah. The bees dance when they, they signal that like they found pollen. Yes. Uh, so this paper, published in the Journal of Experimental Biology in 2009, was done by scientists in both Chicago and Australia. Again, no ACDC involved, though. The researchers found that, like in humans, cocaine is a neurotoxin that protects the cocoa plants from insects by disrupting insect motor control. In lower doses, though, like in humans, the cocaine has a rewarding side effect on bees, causing the increased likelihood and rate of bees dancing after foraging, but did not otherwise increase locomotor activity. Further, they found the cessation of chronic cocaine treatment caused withdrawal-like response. Uh, no word yet, by the way, if the cocaine uh, caused the bees to lose their Maseratis or, or big mansion homes or like caused them to tumble <laughs> into a spiral of, of despair. Yeah. The subject of future work. Tip number one, we have Thunderstruck, uh, the ACDC sound vibrations to tumble. Paper number two, the physics of Minecraft uh, on the sheep. 
Paper number three, the Black Atom Bees, a bunch of kids with uh, some scientists. And paper number four, some coked up bees uh, dancing. Dancing on Rimsky's flight of bumblebees. (laughs) They all sound the the first. Elias. You know, I was thinking of the first maybe as well, because also... You know, it has lots of things that Luis likes, so can potentially. Yeah, that's my reasoning as well. Can potentially. That's I was gonna just say. <laughs> make the, up. The, like the song, the song part. Yeah, I, the, the, yeah, the song also polymer coatings and porous materials. I mean, it sounds like. That's again, Luis. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like Lou if, made if that. If we now, yeah. if we now know this is like a submitted paper under review, then. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Australia off the list as well. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, are you guys all three unanimous going with paper number one? So, I mean, I'm gonna go with okay. paper one because I, I mean, it's either that or the okay. Cocaine. cocaine is a stack. No, actually, the cocaine one, the cocaine one, I peer reviewed, so that was. <laughs> uh, so, okay. okay. Is that slang for rolling up the paper and into a little straw? And <laughs> No, that's bad. Okay, that's okay, bad. No. Uh, don't, don't, don't follow along and hope. So, there were no samples provided with the manuscript. No. <laughs> that's why I declined it. Ellis, what's your, what's your pick? Uh, yeah, let's. I would go with number one. Also, I mean, we can we can all fall Whoa. together. Oh wow! Uh, so, oh, Raja, yeah. you're you're going on this. Uh, on this cruise to victory or sinking ship with with cruises the... aren't a good idea yeah, right yeah. Now, these days. Yeah, <laughs> right now, yeah, we are all quarantined. So together, I I yes, will apparently. save uh, Thunderstruck for for the end. I will tell you right now that paper number three, the Blackaton bees, is is actually a real paper in biology letters. It's a wonderfully heartwarming story about a bunch of school kids. They were like eight to ten. That kind of oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they, they actually, nice. and that that was a direct quote from from their conclusion is that I'm very glad they weren't involved in that other B paper. That's right. That's right. That's a good call. <laughs> they thought science was cool and fun. I'm glad that they didn't collaborate. The the cocaine yes. B paper is also true. Is also true. It's wow. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know, scientists and then. We're getting close. Wait, does Lou also play Minecraft? Maybe, maybe. No, I, I don't. I, I, oh, because no, that could... I, I, anyway. No, no, no. Minecraft, Minecraft sounded the most true. interesting that, hypothesis. Yeah. You know? I know. Exactly. I like want to read it. So, paper number two, <laughs> Minecraft is the fake. What's up? That oh. I made, made that up. I made that up. I, That's a very oh, good wow. I'm looking at this ACS... That is correct. Thunderstruck is a real paper. Uh, I found it in, in during oh, my wow. research, and I was like, I tried like crazy to fit it into one of my papers as like an in, like to, to, to have a reference, but it didn't work. And I'm like, no, you can't do this, Lou. You have to like legitimate. But like, yeah. I wanna I wanna cite it so badly. It's so cool. I think it's awesome that they use ACDC. So paper number two, the physics of Minecraft, is completely made up. Oh I made it up. I made it up. It's, it I, I had to look. I, I had to do a search for journals oh, that wow. had to do with That's physics. Rough. Where are these? Which people? which people? Sorry. Oh yeah, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you yeah said that. So that, that uh, first segment, I think it was successful. I think that was nice. Yeah, cool great. stuff, Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was that's. Yeah. Uh, that's the most work I've done for for a while with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, work yeah, from yeah, home. Yeah, that's right, that's right. No, it's it, it's or a. COVID. I, I put a I lot did. of effort into like making it fake, but sounding like a real paper. And I I, I was going for it the worked. Ig- 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nicely done. So, Nicely all right. done. So now, now that we've had a little bit of fun and a little bit of uh, relaxation, let's jump back into quals. Woo! Fun! Just as much fun, yeah. guys. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. But, um, but thanks again for playing for the first inaugural, inaugural segment of, uh, of uh, What's the Fake Paper? Uh, but back to quals. We were talking about qual strategies. So uh, what you need to do to prepare, what what should be your strategy. I think uh, Liz started perfect, uh, uh, you know, ask, ask questions, right? Like you need to talk to people, like talk to senior level grad students, talk to uh, professors. A lot of professors are more than willing to help. Uh, I tend to find that the younger assistant professors, being that they had to have gone through this a little bit like sooner than the others kind of remember a bit more and have a little bit more, you know, empathy towards you. So yeah, they can kind of like help a bit. We had actually one of the professors put together a review session for her, um, for her uh, particular subject. She was doing structure and that was awesome. Like we asked her like, you know, what should we know? What should we know? And some professors were like, give you a very generic, a generic, um, boilerplate kind of answer it's like you should know all the blah 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 or the whatever it's like okay that's not really helpful know what's in this book like, that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah i know it's like okay <laughs> that's cool it's cool i guess but then um this was a uh, one professor who was doing the structure said like well this is what you should know this is what you shouldn't know you know what i'll just put together a review session for you guys and we're like what okay and mm-hmm. and so we we had like a, a whole class that you know she booked and she she put forth a review and she kind of told us what we should know, what we didn't know. And we asked a bunch of questions and she was more than happy to, to answer them. So that was very helpful and kind of set you at ease. Um, there's, there's also, you know, senior, senior level grad students are always great. And, and like uh, Liz mentioned in, in my particular department, everyone ran to a book right after quals to write down all the questions that they could remember to pass it on to the next generation. Mm. So we did that as well too. So Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say there were two like big things that I, um, I think are very helpful for anyone that you can kind of generalize to any sort of qualifier. One is to like orient yourself toward the type of questions for whatever type of exam is happening, whether it's written or oral, get your hands on practice questions and figure out how you can you know, study the types of questions, the type of material you need to know. And then second is to practice. Um, I mean, practice, like, I think between those two things, if you just practice only the questions that you might get, that's not going to be sufficient. You really need to maybe, like, go into more, like, you know, opening up your textbooks and, like, reading sections and continuously asking your question, the question why. Because the idea, I think, throughout is, you know, mastery so you not you can't you don't just need to know what you need to know why and you need to know how to explain it yeah yeah and i would say um not only um asking professors and and really uh hunkering down and and studying to make sure know your stuff lean on your your fellow first years yes you you're all in this boat together right so you're you if there's a there was a bunch of us there was like 10 or 12 of us i think and so we all just were like okay luckily we had some really organized type people i'm like myself but like they were like okay we need to figure this out and they everybody was assigned whatever specialty they had so i 
I was a, the mechanics guy and a math guy. And then there was somebody else who was like, you know, physics and chemistry. And another person was this, another person was that. So everyone kind and you had groups of people that knew, knew uh, different subject areas and, and you led the, you know, the study sessions in there. So you would have to go deep into the subject area and then kind of almost like teach a general review for everyone based on the subject and show everyone how to do various things and, and how to go from first principles and describe everything. And, and then, and that required you to ask former grad students for uh, maybe the professor giving the exam about, um, you know, what, what t- type of questions to ask. And, and so everyone kind of did that and we all, leaned on each other. So you have someone who's like an expert in chemistry talking to the chemist and see being like, what should we know? What shouldn't we, is this kind of thing on it? Like, I don't even know what types at the time I didn't know what types of questions even asked. Right. Uh, so they, they kind of know a lot more. And then you come together and you, we would have once a week, we'd get, we booked a room and we sat there for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half and just went over one particular subject. And if you, Set it as a as a. I think we did it right after, if I remember right, we did it right after uh, the the grad school colloquium, right, where you just have to go to some seminar and listen to a speaker. As soon as that was over, we'd go over to this room that we had, you know, somebody had the keys for, and then we just would basically go over a certain subject. And we did that once a week, I think, for for uh, for like several months. And then as it got really close to quals, everybody was like, okay, we've hit everything we needed to hit. Now we're just going to do some intensive solo studying. And then yes. everyone broke up into little groups or just were by themselves. And then you just crank, cranked and went through like, you know, eating, sleeping and drinking material science for like a week or two. And then you went into the quals. That's kind of how, how we did it. And, and without my fellow first years, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way I would have survived. Like it, they yeah. were all great and they they helped me a lot. So, and hopefully I was able to help some of them too. But I I think that's that that's and that's a common, uh, you know, strategy whenever we're talking about uh, dealing with some kind of aspect of PhD life. Lean on your your colleagues. That's that's so huge. I mean, you really. You're True. you're all in the same boat, so you may as well just like help each other out yeah. like, as much as possible. My advice is to go to a program that doesn't have them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, kidding. Yeah. I or enjoyed my it? scarring experience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, but you know, barring that, you're gonna have to just hunker down and get through this. And yeah. sure. you know, just like just like Liz said, talk to people. Talk. Yes. Talk and don't to be everyone. Shy about it. Like really, yeah. don't. I. I was at first and then I just there when some when you're faced with something where you have to do everything you can to get through this exam or something because that's how I was feeling I was like there are there's no other option than to do everything possible and everything possible is kind of what you're faced with I think because this I'm assuming if you're in a PhD program it's very important that you get that degree (laughs) so yeah I think this is the time. This is the time where you really have to like pour yourself into it. Um, yep. And yeah, good call. Yeah, and like if you look like an idiot in front of your, if you feel like you look like an idiot, you probably do not. But if you look like an idiot or whatever, because you don't know how to answer a question, whatever, then you study, you get better, you go and do it again. You just have to keep like standing back up. 
That that's so true. I mean, th- there's so many times where where you don't want to appear to look like an idiot because you're supposed to be really smart. You're in grad school and you're pursuing a PhD. Everyone's like, "Oh, you're so smart." It's like I don't really want to reveal that I don't know stuff. But of course, you don't know everything. And some of the smartest people I've ever encountered in in my PhD life are the ones who ask a lot of questions saying that they don't understand or they're not familiar with the topic, please explain, you know? Yeah. And that's usually when you're like, Oh, thank God that person asked that because yeah, like, I was exactly. yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's totally true. Like, don't, don't, don't be afraid and don't be like, and, and props to you Liz for like, you know, uh, jump, you know, jumping back into the fire and, and being like, what's up fireproof now. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I really, so this is, a small side note <laughs> was this was like kind of I was going through like kind of a, a rough time in like kind of my personal life like I was you know dating someone who was really far away and it wasn't going very well and I just I don't know what happened but like that was a big wake up call for me where I was just like okay whatever this relationship thing that's going on it's not really working out but that is not a priority this is a priority <laughs> or like you know kind of going through this failure thing like made me actually realize what was important to me and um, and I, that sounds cold but it was it was more like um I don't know like uh, it, it helped me reprioritize who and what was important and you know my dad said something that was really kind of important to me it still is, is you know if you're going through something challenging like this I mean the people that really love and support you are going to be there on the other side so if you're kind of stuck in the library and True. stuck in your hole, <laughs> whatever it is, for, like, and you're studying and you're trying to get through this crappy thing, you know, like the people who support <laughs> you are there for you, whether that looks That's like, true. you know, maybe you're not as available for social events or maybe, you know, you have a couple rough days. Like th- those, those people that see you through that are important in your life. A hundred percent. And also like, um, this, this story of like having some kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a moment where it's like a, a little bit of a setback or it makes you feel like, uh, you, this is very typical for like some of the best researchers. Like I remember, uh, feeling very, uh, impressed by this, uh, professor that we had at Cornell who was in, uh, Applied mechanics, and he basically his name is Dr. Steven Strogitz, and he's all oh, he's appeared oh, on Radio Lab cool. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's incredibly awesome. Yeah. He's a really cool dude, and he's he's a, he's a he's appeared on Radio Lab, which is you know another inferior podcast. I think he's only been around. No, been around for only no a few plugging, decades. No so. plugging here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. No, it's it's a phenomenal podcast, no, and Strogitz is awesome in it, and he's he's and he's awesome in real life too. But they he had this he was on this panel of like professors that were talking about what going through a phd was like and to basically kind of like what we're doing but like on this just quick one hour panel and he was very revealing and he he told everyone there in public like that he 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 had his equivalent of an a exam that he failed and he was like wait i'm supposed to be really smart what's going on like and i could be remembering some of it incorrectly so my apologies dr strogitz but he he's a but he, he gave a very, very uh, open and 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 very personal story about like how he basically failed that exam because they were like, you're, you're not going for enough and blah, blah, blah. And it said it really forced him to retool and mm. rethink about what he was going to do. And it made him 
so much of a better researcher. Like he really was like, they're absolutely right. Like this, and and he he got so much stronger from going through that. And he said that that made him where the professor and the the expert that he is today. Like he's also really cool and awesome. Like he's just he's just so much fun to talk to. He had all kinds of rants about like department stuff as well, which was like I was like, oh, keep going. Like I, I love when professors like like just like let it all loose. Like so he he was that type of guy and. So, but, but this is not uncommon, right? Like yeah. to go through a period like that and then you come out better for it. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's how these things work. Yeah. And uh, you're just kind of developing some sort of resiliency too, which A, you're going to need in research. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. And that's what I call it. What's the PhD? That's <laughs> all, that is what the PhD deal is. That, that's a. I feel that's, like there should have been music that, to go along with that. Bam, bam. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's up so any anybody else anything else about quals that you guys want to say i think we got like a pretty pretty good media yeah, episode here i think so too. uh yeah excellent excellent so um so yeah thank you all for listening along uh hopefully this didn't bring back uh too much post-traumatic stress for everybody who's gone through this experience uh and uh, and the people who are about to go through it or considering going through it uh Apply to a school like Elias's where you don't know, <laughs> have to worry about it as much. <laughs> there are different things to worry about. Thank you very much for joining us today on What's the PH Deal? Uh, to those of you who have gone through this, hopefully this hasn't brought back any uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome of uh, some crazy memories of going through quals. For those of you uh, that are about to go through this or, or thinking about going through a PhD program, maybe you want to see if uh, you could apply to a school like Elias's where they don't give you quals and thus you can <laughs> spare yourself the agony of them. But barring that, hopefully we didn't scare you too much uh, as to what they're like. But we hope that you found it useful. And please join us next time for the next What's the PH Deal? Thank you for listening. Take care, everyone, and just keep on sciencing. Goodbye, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.